We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Pharaoh had enslaved the children of Israel and he saw that their numbers were getting great. Okay? Now, whenever God's people are placed in bondage or get in bondage, God always commands them to begin to multiply. That's the way out of bondage. Nobody can hold you in bondage if you outnumber them. Right? That's what we're doing here at ABC. We, 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 we multiply. Well, y'all multiply. But, uh, but yeah, so you want to grow in number. That's, that's where your strength is. Your strength is in numbers. And so Pharaoh began to notice that the Hebrews were growing in numbers. So Pharaoh was like, you know, we need to stop this growth. So we're going to kill, kill all the males of the children of Israel. So they were going to kill all the males feeling like they were going to stop them from multiplying. But then one day, uh, one of the Hebrews had a baby and she looked at her baby and the Bible says she looked at it and she saw something different. She said it looked goodly. Oh, well, the Bible said it looked goodly to her. Could have meant that it just something stood out about it, whatever. But I mean, it's just a mother looking at her child. All oh, y'all think your child's a goodly, right? Until they start acting up. And then, <laughs> then you got to whoop goodly. But um, <laughs> give them a goodly whooping. But uh, she looked at him and then she said, you know what? I'm going to save this baby. So she, so she said, I'm going to save the baby. So she put the baby in a basket and uh, pitched the basket so that it wouldn't sink. Set the basket on the river and watched the basket as it, um, you know, went down the river. Hopefully, hoping someone would see the baby and save the baby. Okay. And the Bible says the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river and her maidens walked along by the riverside. When she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maidens to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw, saw a child and behold, the baby was crying. So the baby was crying. Moses timed that perfectly. Baby was crying and she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews children. Then she then, well, then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. And the maid went out and called the child's mother. Okay. So the mother is reunited with the child again. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, take this child away and nurse it for me and I will give thee wages. So now she's getting paid. Amen. And don't none of y'all try to do this. It ain't going to work. Okay, this was back then. So she got, she's getting paid to nurse the baby now, and the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and what does she have to do? I mean, she gave him to Pharaoh's daughter, and the child had to what? Become her son. Okay, so she had to give her son away to raise him, uh, uh, for him to stay alive. And she called his name Moses, and she said, because I drew him out of the water. Okay. So this is a powerful story because Moses' life started out good with his mother and father having him, but then his life met dysfunction. Okay. This is a dysfunctional situation. I want to be inclined to say more than half of us in here were probably born under some kind of duress, crisis, or dysfunctional situation. Okay. Okay. Some of y'all were born uh, uh, to one parent. 
Some of y'all was born because of a one-night flea. Some of y'all was born, amen? amen? Oh, yeah. Some of y'all was born to a deadbeat daddy. Amen. Some of y'all don't even know your birth parents, and you may have been adopted or raised by, in foster care, whatever the case. But there was dysfunction there. A lot of you, a lot of you may have step parents or you're not being raised by your biological father or mother or whatever the case. But these are all dysfunctional situations. Okay, and this is where the enemy is attacking this generation, not just because of the dysfunctional situation, because as you can see, dysfunction has been here for a minute. Okay, but it's taking their minds and making them feel less than or like their situation is inhibiting them from really having the hand of God on their life, okay? And I want to let you know that not many people in the Bible had the hand of God on them like Moses did, and Moses suffered under great duress in his childhood, okay? Y'all still with me? Okay, so we know Moses was raised in Egypt, and them Egyptians are demons, Oh, yeah, they demons. Quit listening to that black foolishness. Talking about you want to go back. Oh, we are. We, we, child, we children of kings and priests. and You children of pagans. They were pagan, godless, hated Christ. Hated the thought of Christ coming. Hated God. They, hate, they worship dogs. Yeah, they worship dogs. Had big, giant, 30-foot statues of dogs. Can I preach in here? Yeah, they, oh, they hate this message because all oh, black folk always trying to go back to the selective place of Africa. You trying to select which part you want to, oh, we need to all go back to Africa. Which part? Well, you know, we want to go to Egypt because that's where the kings and priests, they ain't even there no more. You ain't know what Africa is. You better stay here. They can take you to some parts of Africa. You would be trying to get back for America, to America. Loving the white man. Oh, I love all people, all creeds and races. Oh, where's my white brothers and sisters? Yeah, you're going to miss them. No matter how you came to be, whether you were born in a happy marriage or in a time of crisis, God has a what? God has a plan for you, no matter how you got here. Look at somebody and say, it doesn't matter. No matter how you got here, it really doesn't matter. Do you have a brain? And are you in control of your thoughts? Then you need to think about Jesus. No matter how you got here, you don't have to think like 21 Savage. His name is Savage. You can't make a savage act right. You know why? Because he's a savage. Jeremiah 1 and 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Don't matter whose belly it was. It could have been a crackhead's belly. But when you were formed in that belly, he knew you. Bible says, and before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. So God's call came way before Isaiah came to be. I mean, Jeremiah came to be. Yeah, that's God's call. So don't matter how, look, somebody said it doesn't matter. No matter how you got here, don't matter about your parents, don't matter how you were raised. You could have been raised by wolves. Go to school and learn English. You don't have to keep barking. Now you know two languages. <laughs> get mad at somebody. Oh, rah, rah. Boy, they start coming from everywhere. <laughs> 
Don't mess with him, boy. Y'all don't know. God's original plan for you is valid because all children are his heritage since he created mankind. Look at somebody and say all. How much is all? All children. Psalms 127 and 3 says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is what? Because he created mankind and the system of multiplication, he inherits it when it happens. So no matter how you got here, you're a heritage unto the Lord. In spite of your upbringing, your pain, and even your error and mistakes, you have a purpose if you choose it. So no matter what you've been through, no matter how you got here, no matter what you've done up until this day, you have a purpose if you choose it. God's love for you covers your past and can what? Enhance your future. You're looking at a room full of folks that used to be drunks, thieves, but that might be somebody's testimony. Somebody was a slut. Somebody was a pimp. Yeah, all kind of stuff in here but they chose a different purpose. They decided to yield to God and choose a better way. Amen? So in spite of how you were raised, whatever, God's love for you covers your past and enhances your future. Romans 8 and 38, love this scripture. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels or demons, principalities or powers, this is witchcraft and all that junk, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. Nobody shall be able to separate us from what? The love of God. Oh, but they like to stop right there, especially the Hebrew Israelites. Which is in who? Christ. Very specific. Christ Jesus. So nothing can separate, separate you from his love. No matter how you got here, no matter what happened, no matter where you think you was an accident, you think you're not as loved as somebody else. Your mother may not have wanted you. Your father may not have wanted you. Somebody may have given you up. Somebody may have pushed you to the side. Somebody may not be paying enough attention to you right now. Doesn't matter. Nothing can separate you from the love of God and his purpose for you if you choose it. Our culture tries to injure you before you can find God's plan for your life. Oh, yeah. And this is why we preach the creation role message. This is why we preach somebody need to always be with their kids. This is why we don't trust the system with our children. Because the devil is walking around looking for a way to violate your child and implant something in him before he finds his purpose so it can hurt him in the process of finding the plan of God. Yeah. Yeah. Just waiting to molest and to, 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 to improperly touch and to just put some kind of thought in your child's mind to make them doubt themselves or feel dirty or feel unclean or feel unworthy. Can I preach in here? This is what the devil's after. Society targets your future through entertainment, social media, 
and peer pressure so that it will not line up with God's purpose for you. I mean, that's what TV is now. That's what music is now. It's about making your child lose hope. Yeah, that's where we are. So some kind of violation, the devil is just waiting for you to look the other way and not be where you need to be so that he can get to your child and implant something to hinder God's plan. I know this is heavy, but it's the truth. Amen. First John 2 and 16, for all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. And what? That's it. That's it. That's all the world is promoting. Turn on TV and watch it for an hour. And all they're going to promote is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. They couldn't wait for folks to start liking reality TV. Because that's all pride of life. All pride of life. And it makes you want what you see. And it makes you believe, this is the crazy part, you believe it's reality. Oh, I wonder what they're going to do today. They're going to do whatever the script tell them. No, no, they don't know. I read it. They don't, they don't read a script. They, they actually doing this stuff. You're an idiot. <laughs> you believe they're going to take a multi-million dollar time slot and leave it up to chance? Would you do that? If I was the head of NBC or TNT, I wouldn't. I need to know what's going to happen. Because I need to know how my money's going to play out. It's all fake. It's all phony. But that is the pride of life at its highest. That's, that's all they do is push pride. Make you want what you don't have. Make you feel inferior because you don't have it. And an, inferior, an, an, an inferiority complex is a magnet for the devil. When you're down on yourself, that's when he comes. The devil tries to violate you sexually, so you will have sexual dysfunction in your life. That's the main catalyst for everything, sexual dysfunction. Because this can cause you to have children out of wedlock, harm your chances of getting married or staying married, or have a negative perspective of what? The opposite sex or the homosexual lesbian agenda. You know, they can't push the homosexual and lesbian agenda if people are pushing abstinence. That's why abstinence stopped. They stopped all the school. Ain't nobody, they're giving condoms away now. They're not, they're, not, they're not pushing abstinence anymore because you, don't, you can't push a sexual agenda on kids that aren't sexual. So they have to be sexually active for you to even push a lesbian gay agenda. Yeah, and so they know if they can get this sexual dysfunction in you, they know that the plan of God won't be attractive to you. Yeah, because once it's turned on, it's hard to turn it off. 1 Corinthians 6 and 18, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committed sexual sin, sinneth what? Meaning you put your body against God's plan. And this is harmful to your future. Amen? Y'all waiting on something deep? I'm preaching right now. Through these violations, the enemy wants to plant a seed of doubt in you at an early age that will cause you to distrust God's 
plan. Sin causes us to doubt our very existence and makes us feel expendable and useless. Amen. Some of you that was in sin, you know, when you in sin, after you in sin, you start feeling useless. Like God doesn't like you, that he can't hear you. You try to pray and you just, you, you, you know he can't hear you. He ain't listening to me because I just been too crazy. Oh, come on now. Somebody admit to that. You know, you know, it, it pushes you away from God. And it should. You ought to be ashamed for at least a, 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 a time, a short time. But you need to feel that shame. I, I used to get mad at them old charismatics. As soon as they sin, they tell you, you can just go boldly before the throne. Boy, you better get somewhere and cry. Cry and be sorry. I wish my kid would, would come up to me. Daddy, I know I wasn't supposed to do it, but you're my father and you're supposed to love me. But Remember when you was young and you get in trouble like that and you would just get saved? And you'd want your parents to hear you in there getting saved? Because you knew when they promised you to get in your room. Boy, you getting a whooping when your daddy get off. Get in your room. Why you be in there? What is he in there doing? Oh, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, you're in my life now. I'm saved, sanctified. Oh, you time it perfectly when the door opens. You know, you hear your daddy's keys and the door open. Whoa, Russia. Loose, 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 loose. He coming out and look at you like, you all right? I don't know about y'all, but I used to do that. I would get so saved. I could move stuff with my mind. <laughs> you can't even pull out the belt, can you, Daddy? You can't pull it out. You can't whip the child of God. I'm a child of the king. You can't just hit me. <laughs> Man, my daddy would be laughing and then beating me. And that did not work. But sin causes us to doubt our very existence. It just makes us feel bad when we commit sin. And then we start doubting even why we're here. Anybody ever been down that path? Why am I here, man? And then you start looking at how you got here. Oh, I was an accident and my parents didn't really want me here. Now here I am saying, and the devil will take you down that road of depression where you will be so down on yourself. You'll be doubting God's existence. Romans 6 and 23 says it. This is what happens. The wages of sin is what? The wages of sin is death. It can be a small sin, but if you think of it, think on it long enough, commit it long enough, and, and, and keep it in the forefront of your mind, it's going to lead to death. In your own mind, you will see yourself dead, worthless, like I should not be here. You'll begin to erase your own existence if you continue in sin. Oh, I'm preaching. That's what it's talking about. I don't mean that as soon as you sin, you're going to drop dead. No. But if you practice sin, you'll be so down on yourself that you'll begin to contemplate dying. Even though we may be injured by the action of others. Anybody ever been injured by the action of others? Yeah. Or we, you know, we, we, we may have done it ourselves. We may be injured by our own actions. Anybody ever been injured by their own actions? Oh, it should have been more hands than that. Don't you hide from me. <laughs> 
Even though we may be injured by our own action, I mean, or the actions of others, we are still accountable for what? Our own actions. So no matter how you were raised, no matter how you got here, you, look at somebody and say, you're accountable. You're accountable. God is waiting. When Moses got to a certain age, Moses was accountable. Now his upbringing and all that, he, he couldn't control any of that. But when he got to a certain age, he was accountable. That's why when he killed the Egyptian, he had, he had to get on the move. He was guilty. He couldn't blame it on the basket. He couldn't blame me. Well, see, in my child, my childhood was rough, Pharaoh. You don't understand. I was all in a basket, all willy-nilly. <laughs> Moses, what? No. You can't just kill an Egyptian. That's still murder. Our path is our path, and we must walk it out no matter what comes our way. Philippians 3 and 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. This is Paul. Love this scripture. But this one thing I'm going to do, I'm not going to let my past stop me. I'm not going to let how I got here, I'm not going to let dysfunction. My parents probably, so what if they were never married? I'm going to be married. Amen. So what if I was raised by wolves? I'm going to have a dog and a wife now. Don't matter. Look at somebody and say, it doesn't matter. <laughs> he said, I'm forgetting the things that are behind me and I'm reaching forth unto the things that are what? Before. The things that God has for me. So my upbringing may have been rough and my parents' upbringing was probably rough. That's why they made mine rough. Oh, but I got a better plan for my family. A better plan for my children. A better plan for me. Look at somebody say, I got a better plan for me. A better plan. It's not going to end up the way the world says it will. I'm going to overcome the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. When we line up with God and his plan for us, then we can be confident that things will work out for us in the end. You have confidence when you're doing what's right. Isn't that the truth? When you're not doing what's right, you don't have confidence. You feel some kind of way, don't you? Everything happened. Whoa, the devil is up. That's payback. <laughs> yeah, everything bad happened. You have a flat in your car. Ooh, that's payback for what I did yesterday. Yeah, you'll live your life like that, just crazy. Thinking, every, thinking God is just messing with you. <laughs> And that's in your head. That's in your head. Yeah. You can't live like that. You can't live in sin like that. You got to quit being dumb. Living the right way will always get better results. Don't you feel good when you go a day living right? I, I see. I, I, I cut it. I gave you a day. <laughs> I, was, I was kind to some people. A day, just go a whole day, and that night your prayers just bust through the ceiling. Oh, Lord, ooh, I see, ooh, what? <laughs> Is that you? You know, the Lord's like, boy, get at least two days. It's just been one day. No, you can't see me.
<laughs> Give it some more time. <laughs> but li living right, living right is always gonna yield better results. Romans eight twenty eight. We know all these things work together for good to them that love God and those that are doing what He says. That's it. It's gonna work together if you are called to His purpose. Amen? That's what I tell men in here. Every man in here, your purpose is to have a family and take care of them. And when you do that, everything's going to work for your good. Everything. Now, if you're not doing that, you're rolling dice, brother. You're rolling dice. Every woman in here, you're supposed to be a help meet to a man someday. But yeah, that's, that, that's it. And when you do those things and you're in his purpose, all things are going to work together for good. Yes, when you talk to your husband any kind of way, it ain't, ain't going to work for your good. Yes, yes, Amen. You mistreating your woman, it ain't going to work for the good. You ain't. And children, you being disobedient, it's not going to work for your good. It's going to work for a whipping. We whip at this church. This is the beaten church. Ain't no time out getting in the corner, taking his toy. You can't have this toy for one hour. No, no, bro. No, he can keep the toy. He might not be able to play with it. <laughs> he can keep the joystick, you, but you might not be able to work them buttons like you used to. The choice is whether or not we want God's plan for us. He has a purpose for you, but it's up to you to do what? It's up to you. It's not up to your upbringing. Your upbringing doesn't dictate anything. Amen. It just doesn't. There's a woman in the Bible that was a prostitute, and God had a prophet marry her. Oh, somebody just... <laughs> well that means there's hope for me <laughs> let me close this message because this is just getting ignorant the, cho <laughs> the choice is whether or not we want the plan of God for us he has a purpose for you but it's up to you to live in it so no matter how far gone you think you are Man, living the purpose of God. Just wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm done with that life. I'm not going to let my past. I'm not going to let how I got here, what happens. None of that's going to dictate who I'm going to become. See, what the devil wants to do, he wants to plant that, that violation in your life, which is a seed, and then he wants to water the seed with this music and this entertainment. I forgot. I forgot which video it was, but I told I, I told everyone, and God had spoken. I think it was part eight. You you're not choosing music. Music is choosing you. You're not. You don't. You didn't just decide to have that as your favorite artist. That artist's purpose to choose you. The Bible said these are the sorts that go into houses of silly women, but then after that it says they are laden with sins. Meaning people that are oppressed by their own sinfulness or people that are oppressed by what happened to them, whatever violation, whatever. These people can take advantage of your situation. They come into your life and you're attracted to them because a similar thing happened to you. 
and they'll continue to feed it and feed it and you'll get nowhere. In order to get the plan of God, you got to have the plan of God in your ears. How are you going to get the plan without the plan being in your ear? It's, the plan needs to be in your music. It needs to be in the message. It needs to be in the sermons. It needs to be in your book that you're reading. You got to water the seed. So what Paul said, some plant, some come to water it. That's the only way it's going to grow. How are you going to stay saved and everything you like is antichrist? See, everything you all your music is of the devil, but you call yourself a Christian. You you call yourself a Christian, you don't even like Christian stuff. All your friends sinners. You can't wait to get out of church so you can start texting that vagabond you friends with. That's my best friend. Well, but but but, but, but she ain't saying. Well, I know, but I am. What what? what? That makes no sense. Oh, but that's your friend, uh, the misfit friend. You just love folks that's messed up. I mean, it's okay to help people. But iron sharpens iron. Amen. You can't sharpen iron with plastic. He has a purpose for you, but it's up to you to live in it. Luke 9 and 62. And Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looks back is what? Fit for the kingdom. So there's a prerequisite for the kingdom. You have to decide to do this and you can't look back. Amen. That means you got to give up your old life and look at somebody say, leave it. Leave it behind you so you can move forward. No matter what age you are. Man, these brothers were talking about being saved at six, first grade. And you can't look back. They're here now because of that. Now, they didn't, I'm sure it wasn't a perfect ride all the way to here. It wasn't. I see them grazing that beard over there on game. But, but it wasn't. It wasn't the easiest ride. But the seed was in there and they didn't look back. I'm going to keep going. That's what we all have to do. The devil's going to come. He's going to come in here. He's going to tell you, you shouldn't be here. Your parents, your situation, you was, you're a stepchild. You, you were giving up. Your mom didn't want you. You this, you that. He's going to come and tell you those things, but you can't look back. You got to continue to press forward and believe that if I'm here, I'm a heritage unto the Lord. I am a heritage. I'm his child, no matter what. And you can't proclaim that boldly with sin in your life. Because the sin makes you look like the accident. Summary! Moses was born into a dysfunctional situation. He was given away by his mother and adopted into a pagan, demonic environment. He grew up with no knowledge of the true and living God. He was a pagan. Moses was a pagan. Along with the pagans. But one day he saw an Egyptian killing a Hebrew and something rose up within him and he committed murder. Then he fled to the wilderness. But God had a plan for Moses. God spoke to him through a burning bush and Moses did what? Moses yielded. He yielded to God. From that point on, God's plan 
for him was activated. What happened once the plan got activated? Moses married. He went and submitted himself to Jethro, and he married his daughter, Zipporah. He had children, and he fulfilled the great call of God to lead God's people out of bondage. God could have raised somebody up that had the perfect life, couldn't he? He could have raised someone up, had their mother and father in the home, and everything was gravy. But he chose the adopted boy that was in the pagan society. You know why he did that? Because he wanted him to go back to the pagan society so God could show himself. He wanted to show his own power through Moses. So he allowed Moses' situation to be dysfunctional so he could show his power to deliver Moses. He yielded to the voice of God and he went against his pagan upbringing and started a godly heritage through his family. Oh, this will preach right here. Moses was delivered before he became the deliverer. He was delivered first before he became the deliverer, before he even knew about it. God arrested his heart right then and he yielded. We all have experienced some kind of dysfunction growing up, whether it was through our parents' mistakes or our own foolish error. We had to endure some kind of issues in our childhood. But we cannot allow issues to stop the plan of God for our lives. What God desires for us is ready and available for us. It's ready and available for us. It's totally up to us to accept it and what? Walk in it. Just as Moses agreed with God and activated his plan, we can do the same. No matter what we did before, we must agree with God's purpose for us and accept his plan in order for it to be activated in our lives. Just as Moses overcame his sins and fulfilled God's purpose for him, we must what? Do the same. The Bible tells us, flee also youthful lust. Now, the Bible wouldn't say this if you couldn't do it. The Bible is commanded young people to flee from youthful lust. But follow after what? Where you're supposed to be? Righteousness, faith, love, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a what? Out of a what? Pure heart. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124, or donate online at exministries.com.